Welcome to the Defender Bible Study, a weekly encouragement to equip the body of Christ through the study of Scripture and prayer to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children around the world. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, where we believe that defending the fatherless begins by being rooted in God's Word. Good morning. It's Monday, March 23rd. This is Blake Wilson, Lifeline's Vice President of Operations, and today we're going to continue our study in the book of Plain Theology for Plain People. Um, today we're going to be looking at chapter 4 of Booth's book um, as we continue this study study together. You know, this study I think is just um, has been really, really eye-opening and challenging for me, and specifically chapter 4 uh, today is just a reminder of of this really the state of our nation and the state of our world um, with what's happening through media with the corona- coronavirus and how we are being inundated with information and what could be interpreted as fear and panic. I just, as I was preparing and studying and reading through chapter four and all of the scripture, uh, just reminded of the hope that we have in Christ, that, um, that Christ is in control of all things. And that no matter what we face, if we if we have our eyes on Him, we will re- remain encouraged instead of discouraged, which is so easy to do if we're watching the news um, and we are surrounded uh, surrounded by um, such bleak information. Um, but our hope truly is in Christ. And I just want to start by reading the first paragraph of this this uh, this book in chapter four, and it says, "It has been said." That the story of redemption begins with the love of God in giving his only begotten son, but that for all the details of the work of redemption, we we need to study the history of the son, beginning with his incarnation, extending through his life and the work in the world and his work as continued in heaven from the time of his ascension. That marked the end of his work in this world. He was appointed of God to his office As a great high priest, and having offered himself as a perfect sacrifice, we are told that he entered into heaven himself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. So no view of his work, therefore, can be complete that does not take into account all of these works. So you look at what Booth is communicating here as we launch this chapter, and and he's talking through the holistic view of who Jesus is. And as he wraps this up, he says, and into heaven himself now appeared in the presence of God for us. He is seated on the throne. And I think we need to be reminded of that this morning, is that Christ is on his throne. And that from the very beginning, this was part of, of God's plan. That this holistic view of who Christ is, is where we're going to be looking today. But it's also just a reminder of where we're going to find our hope. And, and I think that often we get... We get caught up in just what is right in front of our face, and we are easily discouraged by by the things that we feel um, we are not able to overcome. But it's it's but it's not us who overcomes; it is Christ who overcomes. So let's put our hope in Him this morning as we start off our week. Let's put our hope in Him and what He has accomplished for us, because there is nothing the Lord cannot overcome. You know, this 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 book and this chapter specifically is looking at the holistic work of Christ and it's actually it's actually titled The Son, His Coming, and His Work. So looking at the prophecies of of Christ, you know, as we read through the Old Testament, of all of the prophecies discussing his coming, 
and how people were on the on the outlook looking for the Messiah to come. Um, so that is that's a huge part of of who Jesus is is of his foretelling. Um, even even from John the Baptist and his forerunner of preparing the way for Christ. Christ is coming. You know he goes on to point three of of his incarnation and then the mystery of the incarnation and then he he magnified the law. Um, and he made it honorable. You know, looking at the difference between um, the law and grace. Um, point six, he says, um, as a lamb without spot, he offered himself as a sacrifice for sin. So he, he paid the penalty for our sin upon that cross. And then he rounds out seven and eight um, in chapter four of the resurrection of Christ and the work of the great high priest in heaven. And that's kind of where I want to spend a few more minutes today it is looking at um, 7 and 8 of the resurrection of Christ and then also the work of the great high priest in heaven. You know, we need to keep our eyes on the risen Lord. We need to keep our eyes on on where he is now, knowing that he is in heaven. He is seated on the throne. He is in control, and he is all-knowing. So let's not get discouraged in that. And one of the passages that I wanted to, to look at from Scripture is in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And it's actually looking at verses um, 1 through 20. We'll try to get through all of these, but this is this is what it says. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you. So these are the words of Paul which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preach to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I received, I pass on to you as of, for, of, as of most importance, that Christ died for our sins according to scriptures. He was buried and he was raised on the third day according to scriptures. Paul is reminding the church at Corinth of Christ's resurrection. This is where we find hope. We find forgiveness of our sins through his crucifixion and death, but ultimately Christ has risen. And he is reminding the church of Corinth of this, that he is, he, is, uh, he, is, he is a risen Lord. Skip on down to verse 12. It says, But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so it so is your faith. But more than that, we are found to be false witnesses from God, for we have testified about God and that He was that He raised Christ from the dead. So He is He's reminding again, guys, this is this is um, a central point of our faith is that Christ has risen from the dead, and without this, that our faith is in vain. Verse 19 says, If only for this life we have hope in Christ, um, we are all of all people most to be pitied. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first, fru first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. Guys, let's hold on to this, to know that our risen Lord is on the throne, that our risen Lord is in heaven, and he is in control of, and he is in control of all things. You know, there's another passage that really um, stuck out to me in Booth's writings. In much of chapter 4, if you've read this book, it is truly just pulling Scripture. It's compiling Scripture from these different points, these different eight points, um, just into an, kind of an easy guide. So as you're reading chapter 4, you're really, really reading through scripture. You're just looking at what has been foretold about who Christ is. You're looking about his his resurrection. And one of those passages 
um, is Hebrews chapter 12. And this is, this is what the writer of Hebrews says, and this is what Booth points out in chapter 4. It says um, in verse 1, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin that clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. You know, let us continue to persevere in this season of uncertainty, of unexpected change in our life and in our nation. Let us hold true to that faith. Let us run the race with perseverance and remember that Christ is seated at the throne of God, that he is on the throne now in all things. Let us fix our eyes on him. Let us remain encouraged that Christ is in control. Um, you know, I, I, this was also pointed out in, in the book. It's another passage of scripture, which we're all very, very familiar with. And, and you know, you can't help but think through a time of, of uncertainty or a time of crisis, how our hearts grow, um, grow tender. You know, how we are more open to listen because it's a time of fear. It's a, it's a time of uncertainty. Um, and, and let our hearts soften to be responsive to what the Lord is speaking to us. And as believers, what an opportunity for us to, to take the gospel to um, what, what we often say the nations, but to our community. What a way for us to shine as believers. What a way for us to shine as a ministry at Lifeline to be the hands and feet of Jesus and to open our mouths and be intentional in gospel conversations. People are so open to this. And, and Booth points out this in Matthew 18. I'm sorry, Matthew 28. It's the great commission in, in Matthew 28 and verse 18. Um, this passage says, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountainside to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, listen to this, I am with you always to the end of age. Jesus is instructing us to, to be intentional with the gospel. He is saying all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, so go and tell people Go and share the hope of Christ. What an opportunity that we have in this state of our nation to be intentional in sharing the gospel as we interact with believers um, and, and people in our community. Let's challenge one another, keep ourselves encouraged as believers, but be intentional in sharing Christ and, um, and, and abiding by what, what we're commanded by the words of Christ in Matthew 28 and the Great Commission to take the gospel to the nations, to take the gospel to our community and to share the hope of Christ and, and remind them that he is on the throne, that he is in control in all things. So let's encourage our brothers and sisters today in our communities um, through this time of uncertainty and remember that the Lord is in control of all things. Thanks for joining us for the Defender Bible Study. This week we are praying specifically for the country Hungary, but before we get to praying for the country of Hungary, we're obviously praying for our world and our nation as we're going through this COVID-19 uh, pandemic. And certainly our team and our staff have been affected, as I'm sure you and your family have been affected as well. And 
So to end this time with the Defender Podcast, I certainly wanted to look at a psalm, Psalm 93, which reminds us of the mightiness of God, even amidst a pandemic, even amidst uncertainty, that we have a God that is mighty. We have a God that has established the world. We have a God that will never be moved. And so as others give way to fear, as others give way to dread, as others experience complete anxiety, may we cast all of our fears, may we cast all of our understanding, may we cast all of our, uh, our, our, our dilemmas upon this God who is mighty, mighty to save, mighty answer, and mighty to, to, to answer and to heal. And so let's look real quick at Psalm 93. It says, The Lord reigns. He is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed. He has put on strength as his belt. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. Your throne is established from of old. You are from everlasting. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their roaring. Mightier than the thunders of many waters, mightier than the waves of the sea, the Lord on high is mighty. Your decrees are very trustworthy. Holiness befits your house, O Lord, forevermore. You see, when the psalmist would have been writing, the most dreadful thing would have been the might of the sea. And in verse 4, the psalmist says, Mighty than the thunders of many waters, and mightier than the waves of the sea is the Lord on high. Beloved, may we know through this COVID-19 dilemma and pandemic that we have a God that we can cast our cares upon. Let's pray to Him for COVID-19. So before we pray specifically for Hungary, I wanted us to see some prayer requests that we can have for our nation and our world through this COVID-19 pandemic. First, let's pray for peace. Pray that God would give his peace to those wrestling with anxiety and fear, including ourselves. Let's pray for comfort. Pray for those who are struggling with loneliness of isolation. Pray specifically for those who are single, who live alone, who are faced with strained relationships in their home. Pray for faith. Pray that we would trust in the goodness and wisdom of God in the midst of our own lack of understanding. Pray for the most vulnerable around us. Pray for those who are most vulnerable to COVID-19 due to age, health conditions, insufficient access to medical care, or children who have, have been put into homes where there's stress or anxiety, and that stress and that anxiety may be taken out on them. Pray for the church that, that God would mobilize the body of Christ to serve and glorify Him. Pray for healing. Pray for healing for those who have already been infected with COVID-19. Pray for, pray, pray for protection from sickness. Pray that the spread of COVID-19 would be slowed and for the protection of those who have not yet contracted the illness. Pray for the spread of the glorious gospel. Pray that the gospel opportunities would come as a result of this trial. Pray for our leaders. Pray for wisdom for our political and church leaders as they seek to implement the best practices to keep people safe. Pray for medical professionals. Pray for the doctors, the nurses, and other professionals who are serving those affected by COVID-19. Pray for those affected by school closures. Pray for children who are put in difficult situations due to school closures. Pray for those who who depend upon free or reduced lunch, who live in abusive or tumultuous homes, and those who struggle with interrupted routine. Pray for the parents who are faced with homeschooling or finding childcare. 
and pray for adopted families who are abroad and stuck abroad now that we have border closures, families that have been seeking out to bring their children home. Pray that abortion would be seen as elective surgery and that the end of abortion would come as other elective surgeries are ended. Pray for Lifeline's pregnancy counselors as they go and they seek out to continue to love on women who are going through unplanned, unexpected crisis pregnancies. And then let's pray for Hungary. Actually, two of the families that we're praying for on adoption journeys uh, were in Hungary. One had to come back and had to leave their children back in Hungary. And one is still there waiting to finalize their process before they're able to come home in several weeks. Pray for all the families who are waiting, uh, who already have dossiers registered with the ministry and are waiting for children uh, to come home or are waiting to travel. Pray for our team. Pray for Adam as he navigates all this process and pray that the gospel would be known to him. Pray for Judith at the embassy and Erica, who's the head of the DAI. Uh, pray for the pediatrician, Dr. Boris, as she takes care of children. Uh, pray for the social workers who work in Hungary. Uh, pray for uh, the church and Christians to, to rise strong even during this epidemic that and this pandemic that is spreading not just here in the United States and around the world, but in Hungary as well. Praise the Lord for the 21 children who came home last year and for the 14 children who are who are, have, have forever families, some who are now waiting to come home. And just pray, pray, pray for Adam's salvation and that even through this pandemic that he would come to know the matchless grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray for our nation. Let's pray for our world through the COVID-19 pandemic. And let's pray for Hungary. Father God, we just thank you so much for the opportunity uh, to pause and to pray. We pray that you would be with our world and our nation as we are struggling with this pandemic called COVID-19. Lord, help us to understand as your chosen people that you are mightier than the disease. You are mightier than pandemic, that there is no pandemic that can cause us to fear. But Lord, help us to cast our cares and our fears upon you, knowing that you will give us peace and comfort and faith. God, we pray for those that are vulnerable to COVID-19, that you would uh, just continue to, to care for them and surround them with your love. God, be uh, with those who have already contracted it, Lord. We just pray for their healing. God, we pray for the church, that, that you would mobilize the body of Christ to glorify you and to, to, to work unselfishly for those who are sick or for those who are vulnerable. We pray for protection from sickness and the spread of the virus to those who have not yet been infected. Lord, we pray for the spread of the gospel to go forth and for this to be an, an ultimate time where the gospel would be seen and heard here and around the world. Lord, we pray for medical professionals, for doctors, nurses, and other medical professionals who are serving those affected by COVID-19. Lord, we pray for those who've been affected by school closures or job interruptions or who have lost their jobs because of this pandemic. Lord, we pray for those families uh, on adoption journeys who are either stuck in those countries or stuck here at home, unable to get to their children. Father, we pray that you would end abortion. And Lord, that you would see this as an, uh, that our country, and our nation, our world would see this as an elective opportunity and they would end abortion right now. And that end, even temporary to abortion, would, would, would bring to a, a permanent end to abortion. We pray for Lifeline's pregnancy counselors and crisis pregnancy centers and others who are standing on the bridge and standing on the line to care for women going through unplanned crisis pregnancies. And Lord, we pray for Hungary. 
We pray that the church would be strong. We pray that Hungary would be protected against the, the, the widespread uh, of this, this COVID-19 pandemic and virus. And Lord, we just ask for Adam, that you would be with him, guide him, direct him, use him, and ultimately that he would come to know of your glorious, glorious gospel. Lord, we ask all these things in your name, the name of our Lord, who's mightier than the waves, who's mightier than the thunder, who is mighty to save, and who is mightier than COVID-19. It's in your great name that we pray. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for the Defender Bible Study. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Bible Study to make it easier for more people to find. For more resources and information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, please visit us at lifelinechild.org. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. We look forward to seeing you again next week for the Defender Bible Study.